1: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
0: Sports Radio 610 presents The Drive with
2: Sterner and Hukley. It's the 5 o'clock fire. Ah, it is 5 o'clock. Congratulations, and hopefully... You're off work. Luckily for you, old, dirty show. And T. Mill have the latest. And the latest, Clint, they've got somebody in. Your boy, that's what I'm going to call him, your boy, Bobby Slowick. The 49ers offensive passing game coordinator is scheduled to interview with the Texans today for their offensive coordinator job, Dan Graziani of ESPN reports. And I'm just going to say this, Clint. I I am. And, And I know Tyler has that. That, uh, that, that drop when I say I'm a little bit shook. You know, I, I will admit right now I'm shook. You know, I, I I don't know how I feel about potentially brand new young quarterback coming in with a guy who has been the passing game coordinator for a couple of years and never called offense, never worked with – I don't know, maybe he's worked with quarterbacks a little bit as a passing game coordinator. Well,
3: but, I mean – <laughs> I mean, Brock Purdy was on a good roll there for it whoever's was. working it, with him, I mean, I A lot of
2: people say Brian Greasy was was, was rolling that's that right. up as quarterback coach. But, you know, for somebody who is getting the keys, because you're going to be the offensive coach, that's you. That is you. Like, very much like Sean McVay doesn't worry about his defense ever. Just gives it to Wade Phillips yeah. and now Reem Morris. Like, that's going to be the guy. I am a little nervous, a little nervous about somebody with that amount of experience. But – if D'Amico likes it, if D'Amico, who has ties with him and has worked with him on a day-to-day basis, I, it makes me feel a little bit better because he knows firsthand what he's capable of doing.
3: Well, the the only way that that this doesn't concern you is is like if there's a, tr- a trust level there with uh, with D'Amico to where you do, he's been in a building with him where you trust him. You're right, over, Chief?
2: I got a, a little aggressive with that It's <laughs> A little hotter now. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, Joe. Uh,
3: yeah, I mean, look, I, I'm anxious to hear kind of how things work in in um, in San Francisco. Like, I, I, I've never been at a place, which I, I've only been at a few, so it's not that it does Like, I've never been at a place where you have a quarterback coach like Brian Greasy who doesn't run the quarterback meetings and an offensive play caller like Kyle Shanahan who doesn't run – the offensive meetings, right? Like that's all. That was always the way it always worked with me was we had an offensive coordinator that ran the 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 offensive meeting when we were all in one room together, right? And then when the when when we all broke up into our positions, the position coaches took each position. The offensive coordinator came with us with our quarterback coach, which was Wade Wilson and Jack Riley, and then Ernie Zampezi sat in the corner and, and didn't say anything unless he was asked a question. He's sitting over there fresh off one of Mo heaters, but he but like. And and if Jack were in there, Jack would run the meeting. And then when Jack got done telling us whatever he needed, then he would bounce, and Wade would take over all the the detail-oriented stuff in that
2: meeting. Like, I don't know... That he's done that. That, that's my like. What? Yeah, what where? The, what does a? What is the role of the passing game coordinator? Right. Did y'all have one of those when you played? We,
3: not, not in. Not in Dallas. When I was in Miami, we had a, a, a offensive coordinator that switched when I went to Europe, and I came back. Remember that whole that whole dysfunctional situation that I was telling you about, like that. What I came back to was the most was the craziest thing that I'd, I'd ever seen. But at that point in time, if I remember correctly, if I remember correctly, the I came I came back and, and Tressman had gone from the offensive coordinator, quarterback coach, to the pass game coordinator, quarterback coach, and Chris Forster uh went from the tight ends coach to the run game coordinator, and he actually literally had the the official offensive coordinator title, if I remember correctly. But um that was again, that was a mess though. That that was the one where AJ Feely Got his head knocked off in the pre, in, in the first preseason game by Sean Taylor, and you go to the sideline and the O line the O line coach and the and the the, the the quarterback coach were on different terms. They they had miscommunicated what the hell yeah. was supposed to be going on there. That's how bad it was at that point in time. Um, but I'm interested to know what Bobby Slowick's role was. It is going to yeah. be very difficult. It's going to be difficult to wrap my head around him being an offensive coordinator after being a passing game coordinator that essentially was just kind of working under and alongside Kyle Shanahan, but not really running anything. Yeah. Like, I, I don't think Bobby Slowick was running Brian Greasy's quarterback room. I don't either. I, I don't think Bobby Slowick was running the offensive meetings when Kyle Shanahan's the, the the architect and the damn contractor behind that offense.
2: And not to say that he don't, know what he's doing, yeah, is, but not at anything. all. it's just like you, you're understanding though, you're handing a guy, the keys to it all yep. on that offense. It, that's going to be his offense. You're handing the keys, not, so it's not just him like working with, like, like, a uh, 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 Matt LaFleur, like, you know, he didn't call plays, but then when he got his job with, with the Packers, he became the head coach, but he was, but he also working with a veteran who knows what he's doing. Like he did, he done having a yeah. start, like like all right here I'm running I'm being a head coach running meeting rooms and I'm doing it with a rookie. Yeah, like this is a guy who is going to be working with a young quarterback, and by the way, that is many in many ways tied to coaches' longevity with teams is how well the quarterback does and running meetings, running an offense yeah. for the first time. Yep, the combination of all of those things. So not to say he can't do it, not to say it doesn't happen in the league, but that's one where you're like. It's got to be the right person yeah. to, to be able to pull that
3: off. I 100 I trust that is Ryan's going to go that's out the there and man. hire a guy that's that's just been a yes man to, to Kyle Shanahan. I, I got to believe there's more to Bobby Slowick just simply by him getting an interview. I got to be I got to yep. believe there's more to Bobby Slowick than just being a quote unquote pass game coordinator because I, I I really don't know what kind of of role that guy has in the building. Yep. Right? I mean, it's a good title to pay a guy. That's a good title to take some work off of the head coach's plate behind the scenes. But did that guy really have any any control over what was going on on a day-to-day basis? It'll be interesting to find out.
1: Five o'clock fire.
2: All right, uh, speaking of Bobby and uh, D'Amico Ryan's uh, uh, the head coach they were under in San Francisco, Kyle Shanahan, he spoke about uh, one of his many quarterbacks, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, and his future with the San Francisco 49ers. I wish you guys
1: could see Jimmy being back, and if so, what, what would that
0: look like? No, I don't see any scenario of that. Yeah, no, I gotcha.
2: <laughs> I mean, there was no, hey, you know, we're going to sit back and kind of just look at what we have here and, and <laughs> see how see how you know Brock Hills and see how Trey Hills from their big injuries and see how – no, no, I don't see any scenario where that son of a gun is here is what he said.
3: Hey, so you got a—he's sitting next to the general manager. You got a—you got a young quarterback that was a project when you went after and got him. And and according to what we've seen from him, he hadn't advanced a whole hell of a lot, albeit a small sample size. And now he's got a lower leg injury, and a big reason why he's your guy is because what he can do both in the run game and the pass game—you would think at least extending plays—he's got a lower leg injury. Now you got a guy that comes in and and wins. What was it? Seven of eight games, and all of a sudden, or, or no, he won. He won. Seven games that he started, but he won eight games that he played the the bulk of, and and, and now this guy has a a injury that's going to keep him out anywhere from twelve to eighteen months, and you've got a guy that knows your system, a guy that's taking you to a Super Bowl, sitting right there, and you ain't even remotely interested in in a one year deal and you, and you or bringing him back,
2: or and you not. weren't you weren't interested <laughs> the year before, you just got Ooh. forced to.
3: Yeah, man, that's uh, because
2: nobody would take him because of his shoulder. Yeah. yeah, but when he says that though, fellas. He says that uh, there's no scenario he comes back. All right, now, the, o- the only person that we really see as a quarterback on this roster right now is old Davis Mills. Yeah. Uh, Tyler's jersey. And when you look at that, I don't know what they're going to do in a draft. I don't think it's an absolute home run uh, guarantee that they bring in a quarterback at pick two or 12. I don't, I don't believe you can say that. If they were to go to the veteran route... One of them and D'Amico Ryans has been around him as a coach on the staff that, of the team that he played for for the last six years. The other one helped draft him in New England. So they are very, very, very familiar with Jimmy. I, we, we talked about it last year. I think there's even more connections, and especially if Bobby Slowett gets the job, who was the passing game coordinator with the Niners and been with the Niners for the last couple of years, who also knows him. That's three connections. The general manager the head coach, and potentially the offensive coordinator. Three connections to Jimmy G. Clint, I, I think that is a there is a serious opportunity that he could be here if they go the veteran quarterback route. Uh,
3: absolutely. I look, and, and I can come around to the Jim, Jimmy Garoppolo way of thinking uh, if this is more than just Nick Casario's idea to randomly bring him in and hope he fits in a random system. When you start talking about familiarity with the coaching staff, the head coach, the offensive coordinator, the terminology, boy, you start fast-tracking your your entire offense and really ultimately your entire team to to a point where if you bring in a rookie, if you bring in a veteran, really anybody that's not familiar with the system, there's a there's a learning curve that'll last well into the season. That, Jimmy Garoppolo coming to Houston is is something that I could very easily get behind at this point in time until easily. until they start talking about this is the future and him getting long-term deals. I I I would prefer them go draft somebody Bring somebody in in free agency that they can they can commit to that. But if it's just a, if it's just a, a, a span of time, a year or two to get them back to respectability where they're not trying to see a five year deal. No, I ain't trying to see all that. I, I'm not trying to overcommit to Jimmy Garoppolo no. when when a team two years in a row is trying to kick him out over over Trey Lance and 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 uh, the, the, the the last draft the the last pick in the draft last year.
2: If you're starting to rebuild. Jimmy feels like a perfect type of quarterback. Like if you're in a rebuild and you want to go with a veteran quarterback to try to help you win, he seems like the perfect guy if he can stay healthy. Yep, yep. That that could fill that role. And then when you when you combine it with the the coaching staff knowing him, everything about him and he knowing the coaching staff and knowing yep. the system, like he would be a good a hold it down till we find our guy. Even if you draft a quarterback yep. and you're like, "All right, man, we want to sit him a little bit." Jimmy would be right, but no long term stuff. That that that's yeah. that's that's I, not even. Yeah,
3: and and so I I think like if if we really look at the D'Amico Rhines era of football, this next year, like it's it's about getting back to being competitive. It's about getting back to, uh, again, that 7-8-9 win range and 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 being competitive in your own division. And and if I'm if I'm D'Amico Rhines, I feel really good with Jimmy Garoppolo helping me get to that point. I feel really good about what he would help the guys around him get to. Um, Again, you raise the floor of this football team significantly the minute you sign a quarterback. Look, I'm not a huge Jimmy Garoppolo guy, but but at the end of the day, when you sign a guy that knows all the things that we just mentioned, the floor of this football team is raised significantly. Multiple wins at at that point in time. You overcome any kind of – spend an entire training camp trying to get a rookie or even a veteran – caught up up to speed on the terminology i mean you plug and play this guy day one and he's a coach on the field literally not 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 that coach speak stuff he's a coach on the field immediately so d'amico ryan safety blanket safety net get you to get you get you to being competitive sooner rather
2: than later i, I could get i could come around on a jimmy garoppolo five o'clock fire all right, Clint. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys. This coming out today that they remain interested in Odell Beckham Jr. There was glory hope. Your buddy, executive vice president Stephen Jones, said Wednesday that the Cowboys will revisit their discussions closer to the start of free agency in March. I love this move for Dallas. Yeah. Uh, to me, it was very, very clear. Like, yes, Dak had issues, but um, but the guy, oh, 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 one three over there, who they kept saying Michael they think they, ke- they, they could be yep. a, a, a starting. Uh, like a number one type receiver. Uh, he was in there not creating separation, leading to the interception. Now he got missed uh, on a go route or, or a post route yep. uh, by, by Dak later in the game. But more consistently in their receiving core, it was really easy to just hone in on, on 8-8 and, and C.D. Lamb. And I, and I think, boy, you add Odell Beckham, who's now you would assume is healthy. This is going to be over a year. Uh, him getting past that torn ACL. Mm-hmm. I think he still got something in the tank as a complimentary receiver, as a one A. You start you gotta respect him and you would see better coverage opportunities for C D Lamb. If I'm Dallas, th- this seems like a move that makes a lot of sense.
3: Yeah, and, and and look I don't I don't know necessarily what I'm watching on on a social media video, but both of these guys that you're talking about, Odell Beckham Jr. and Jerry Jones, Jerry Jones came out and said, look, the guy, I, don't, I don't regret changing trading Amari Cooper. I mean, at the end of the day, the guys that we kept around didn't produce. Okay, well, then you turn around and, and you look at Odell Beckham. I, I watched a video of Odell Beckham working out. And, I, again, I don't, I'm not a doctor. I don't know what you can pull from it. I don't know how healthy he is relative to that video, but he damn sure looked like he was moving, moving around pretty well. And so um, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly, show they, they, Regardless of what Dak, uh, uh, Mike McCarthy, Sean Pay, we've had all these conversations with the Cowboys. Regardless of what we think or what we want them to do or what they ended up doing ultimately, hell, I still don't believe that Mike McCarthy's gonna call plays. I think they're they're gonna end up with somebody else in there. You just can't believe. It. Yeah, I just can't believe that that's 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 the response to 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 Kellen Moore getting booted is and needing to get more out of Dak is, is Mike McCarthy. I can't see that being the answer. Regardless, my point is regardless of what they do there, they've gotta bring in uh, a a, a veteran wide receiver that they know what they're getting. And I think Odell Beckham Jr. is a guy that still strikes fear into, into man-to-man corners in this league.
2: Not to mention the star potential that he brings oh, there yeah. that no you, you know Jerry is all over. Yep. Yeah, that, I don't that, that, have time to have a bad time. That, man. that one makes sense. He would make that team a lot better. A lot better there. And like I said, man, they like C.D. Lamb definitely needs help uh, over there, and, and, and so, does, so does Dak as well. So – don't know who's calling plays for him. I guess but apparently Mike is, but uh, CD Lamb would make a ton of sense. All right, coming up, I want to uh, I want to address a text. I want to address a text that uh, someone sent in about mm. if if D'Amico even thought about bringing Jimmy G here, it would completely change your thought process and trusted in D'Amico. I, that is a that is a strong one that I would. Like for to discuss there as well as uh, there's a move there. I wonder if you'd have the balls to make this move in the draft. There's a move there the Texans could make. Would you have the balls to make that move? We will discuss that coming up next. Boys Radio six ten presents the drive with Sterner and Hubley. Uh, yeah, I want to check how uh, how risky some of you all out here, but I do want to address this. I think this is a little too far, man. I it, and I because I think the, the the absolute difference, as you said, as a texter said, and I see someone said I agree with that texture. If D'Amico brings Jimmy G here, it would, it would, it would make me. Trust him less, and I just think if D'Amico brought Jimmy G here, along with probably hiring someone who's worked for the Niners, like to me it would be like, oh, he knows Jimmy as well as anybody. Like it, it, they know who they're bringing in. This person's work with Jimmy. This is like he knows Jimmy as well as any. This sitting Lovey and, and and yeah and uh and Pep Hamilton who don't who've never crossed paths with him. Like I don't think D'Amico if you trust D'Amico like you sh- like you have and you should, then if he brought Jimmy G in, you would think, okay, there's he, he must he must know something.
3: Well, I, I need I'll tell you what, I, I'm I hate to straddle the fence here, but but I need more than just D'Amico liking the dude and D'Amico feeling good about him. Like like if if they're able to go out there and, and hire and I don't know what's gonna happen at the offensive coordinator position, but if they hire Brian Johnson out of out of out of Philly. If they get a stinking guy out of the Philadelphia Eagles organization and then bring Jimmy in, I I, I don't know that I can get with it. Like, like I, I can 100%. Bobby Slowick, San Francisco 49ers, a passing game coordinator, bring him in. You got D'Amico, Bobby, and then, and then Jimmy. Yeah, I, I'm leaning heavy into, like, I need Jimmy to be a one- or two-year guy that really accelerates – the, the install of my offense, but if but if
2: D'Amico did it, and bringing the staff that you would think he would bring in that has worked with him, like would that make you feel like okay, I, I trust that yes. more yes. than just yes. them hiring Shane Steichen and he's going to work with it. Yeah, yeah, you
3: know yeah, I mean? yeah. No, you yeah, no, no, I, I need I need more to the Jimmy Garoppolo equation than D'Amico and 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 uh, and Nick Casario got a history with him. Like, like I, I would, I, I would like that. I would like for that to be a situation where it's like, if you're gonna bring Jimmy in, it's got to be because of the knowledge of what you're doing offensively, not so he can do what any veteran quarterback could do, learn a new system, and 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 the familiarity with a defensive minded head coach and the quarterback that that doesn't do anything for me. I, I, I like it, and I'm sure D'Amico does too. But for me, in terms of of getting this offense, like the I need some kind of added advantage beyond just somebody knowing Jimmy and his ability. If you're going, if you're going to bring him in here, I'd rather you bring Derek Carr in here if that's the case. Like if it's just going, if it's if there's going to be no familiarity with the system, like if it's not Bobby Slowick, yeah, yeah, then, you, then I'd rather you bring Derek Carr in here as a veteran quarterback. No,
2: yeah, oh yeah, all, yeah. I, but I would think they're bringing him in that
3: because he's familiar with. He's all He's familiar of it. Yeah. with
2: everything he's worked yeah. with. Him. That that makes me more comfortable than just saying I'm going to bring. Because I mean, it's not it's not like Jimmy has, it's just been awful like I know many people want want to say that I mean Jimmy I don't think Jimmy's leading you to a Super Bowl unless you have like Kyle Shanahan or something and maybe gives you a shot in some amazing ass defense and some great parts around him but still I don't think he's leading you to some sort of a a Super Bowl but hey to hold down the fort until we find like uh, like our guy before we pull the trigger or we want our guy to learn behind him that, that that makes that makes a lot of sense. Absolutely. That makes a lot of I, sense. I
3: agree. And that's it's tough for me to get there show, but but I am I'm, I'm with you. I, I the, the familiarity with whatever they're going to do offensively is key for me if Jimmy Garoppolo is part of the equation. Let me ask you this. All right, what you got, Bob?
2: Trailer will and frame text line you can roll through with this as well. Let's say let's say let's have the hypothetical game that the the, the Texans here in the draft coming up. They go defense at 2 which is very, very possible. You explained that yesterday. If you missed that, you can go in the Odyssey app and listen to the entire show. As Clint said, he would be all right if D'Amico came in and decided, hey, I want Jalen Carter. I'll watch what Chris Jones did to dominate a game. I want that big fella to kick off the middle of my defense. Would Would you be all right? Would you be able to roll? Would you be able to pull the trigger at getting him, Carter, or Will Anderson at two? And then with that second first-round pick, scooping up the most talented quarterback in the draft that also happens to be the biggest risk in the draft, Anthony Richardson, the quarterback out of Florida. Would you would, would you be able to pull the trigger on that, Clint? Ooh, I'd had, the meetings would have to go awfully good.
3: <laughs> And I, I am I am blown away with his skill set. I'm blown away with his talent. I'm not gonna. Let, you're assets. the
2: first one who made me like. Let me let me watch him yeah. a little closer because you are like
3: that is a talented dude. Sure, Wait till they see this dude. Wait till they see this dude. Who was it and, that he and, was
2: starting behind? You said he should have been playing over. Uh, uh,
3: uh, uh, Emory Emery Jones. Emery Jones. Yeah. yeah. Um, wait till you see this dude in like the combine setting and, and his pro day and all that. I mean, it, it's gonna be. And, and there's a lot of like draft analysts out there that are gonna just be. I mean, they, they ain't gonna be able. It's gonna be. They're gonna. It's gonna blow their, their their cap off. I mean, it's gonna be crazy, right? I mean, he's that sick. Get from a gift, physical gift perspective, but so uh, for me, I, I, I've got to see to answer your question. The, the answer is no.
2: You couldn't pull it. You couldn't pull the trigger.
3: No, no, no. You said what I would I. Okay. Yes, I could. You if, could. If oh, that, you that's could? the question. Okay, yes. yeah, yeah. I. I but but it, I. I would have to have. To go along with Anthony's physical tools. Like I would have to be strongly impressed with my one-on-one time with him, and from a maturity perspective, um, from a a mental perspective, in terms of just being a professional, um, being being ready for the real world. Although you're playing football still, it's a real world. the, the, I have, to have confidence in his ability to to deal with all that comes with being an NFL player, not even a starting quarterback superstar quarterback, just an NFL player. Um, I've got real concerns in that in that category from from not concerns is probably not fair. Just based off of watching him play. Oh. There are moments when I'm watching him play show where it looks like he is overwhelmed and on a different planet. If he's going
2: to be your if you're looking at him as your franchise quarterback. Yes, there that is fair to yep. say concerns.
3: Yeah that that's the only thing. Like if if I sat down with Anthony Richardson, I have no I know he's
2: wild and he throws the ball over the
3: park and he throws the ball too hard too often. I I, I have confidence I can work that out of him. Um, my only concern I need to sit down with him, spend a day with him. And and get to know him mentally, emotionally, a lot better. And if he passed those tests, hell yeah, I'd, I'd take him. Uh,
2: from the two eight one show, I hate this question. Richardson is not the most talented quarterback by a long shot.
3: Physically, he is.
2: Physically, in terms of everything that he can do, he can make every single throw effortlessly. He can make throws like it just in terms of the power and the arm strength, the way that anybody in the league that you think of has a power arm, and he can run and physically be a, a a weapon in the run game like the best guys in the league yeah. right now. And the way that the league is moving, it is moving that route. We see one in the Super Bowl right now. It's moving that route, and Anthony Richardson has every tool that that is there.
3: Anthony Richardson is the only guy in this draft that I believe his athletic ability trans, translates to the NFL, transitions to the NFL, um, as well as it was as it played in college. Like and look, I know he only started a year, and some of it was ugly. But if you watch this kid play, there are runs where he is outrunning Georgia's defense, where he's outrunning defensive backs, where he's outrunning guys that that he outweighs by thirty pounds. Uh, he's outrunning them for forty, fifty yards. Like you, that that just that don't happen. I mean, that, that's not that's not now that doesn't happen, and then all of a sudden that guy can't do that in the NFL. I mean, he does things physically, athletically, not to the Lamar Jackson level, but I'm confident that his athletic ability does like the the rest of the quarterbacks in his draft: Will Levis, Bryce Young, and and, and C.J. Stroud. I, 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 not that any of those guys rely on quote unquote athletic ability from a dual threat perspective, but none of none of what those guys did with their legs. In college, transitions no. to the NFL like like I, I saw uh, somebody's see, on
2: the text line just compared him to Jameis Winston.
3: Who, <laughs> who? Anthony? Anthony Rich- no, 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 no. This, this, oh my god! He's closer to Cam than, than anybody. Cam or seen. Josh
2: Allen? Like, I yeah. Mean, yeah, that.
3: Physical. Josh is a Josh is actually that's great... the one
2: because of the arm and the and the legs. That's but it, but it, we're it, it, about. it was damn Jameis Winston. The Maybe size, put on the, tape again.
3: the athletic ability, along with the arm talent and the and
2: the struggle. Right?
3: I mean. That's a great
2: comp show because you look at it and you go, okay. If you go look at their college numbers, you go look at Josh coming out of Wyoming who struggled to get to 60% completion yeah. rate. Just like that, just have games where you're like, what the hell? Yeah. Where are uh, you yeah, throwing like that? I'm talking yeah. like senior year, 170 yards passing. Like, yeah. You know, 17 for 46, numbers like that. Then we saw the struggles early, and then he got in there, and he's got that type of talent. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep,
3: yeah, yep. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, he's he's a freak. I mean, I, I, I my, my biggest. It's a concern... risky thing, man.
2: That's a risky thing to 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 hand it over and say that's going to be my my young quarterback. Well, yeah, you
3: take it for what it's worth. My my concern, the reason I backed off Anthony Richardson wasn't because he struggled this year. The reason I backed off Anthony Richardson is because I I believe that it's going to be like I, there were moments in ball games where he was struggling. To where the look in his face is like he wasn't even in the stadium. Not, not coach, man. Just get me back out there. I'm, I'm gonna put a dagger in their heart this next drive, right? Not, not mad. Throw your helmet. Not, I mean, like show me something. It, it was that. It was that uh, serious look. Like I, I don't know that you're with us. Like I don't know that you're here, much less leading the team and much less dialed into the defense and the offense. And I, so that's you the wanna, part you that scares have that, me to death.
2: That part of what Josh and Lamar have that hunger and want to, to get better. No Like question. those two guys, you could see major strides and that has to be in them. You wonder that, that does he have that in him? And if you, you see that and you're like, nah, I ain't yeah. got none of that. And to be clear, show,
3: I don't think it's an inability to me. If I had to, if I had to guess and I'm, I am left field guessing. It seems to me like it's a maturity deal. It seems to me like there's just not a like, like a That's young dude trapped in this crazy body was thrown to the wolves to start all of a sudden after a coach was fired at a monster program that that every week a a, a tough schedule a tough opponent comes in and boom it hit him in the face and it was like whoa I don't know that he was mentally and emotionally ready for that right.
2: that part scares me I like this from the text line let me see Greg Roman with him I'd love to Ooh. see that yeah that looks, <laughs> all right coming up Clint believes the Texans can win nine games next year nine games we'll let you get hear his reasoning. Of why I believes that coming up next on the drive. Sports Radio six ten presents the Drive with Sterner and Hughley. That's right, baby. Someone on the text line, Clint said, can we revisit this conversation when Bryce runs his forty?
3: I don't. I could give two rips. Le- oh, they think they think Bryce is going to be faster.
2: I don't, I don't know.
3: Man. I, I don't. I don't give two yeah, rips I, to what Bryce runs. I would. 40 I like.
2: would. I would. If it were to me between Bryce and Anthony Richardson, obviously it's Bryce. But but we're not. You know, talking about that, and the person texted in. Stop with these silly ass takes, show. Just give me Bryce Young and somebody else. Well, you're not in position to to to, to determine if you get Bryce Young at this point. Hold because, on, show. As you know, Cal, Cal, you hold on because you you have the number two pick. So you're Ooh, not. That, in. That,
3: that's an interest. That's an interesting uh, 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 way to to stack that show, right? Because I mean, look, I, I'm a Bryce Young guy. You're a Bryce yes. Young guy. All right. Let's say Bryce goes one. You're sitting at two. Jalen Carter, and Anthony Richardson at twelve,
2: and the, or the quarterbacks. And let's say you don't love the quarter. Right. So
3: say you don't. But my, but my I guess, my point is more of like, okay, if you take Bryce Young off the table, completely, and you go, okay, now you've got C.J. Stroud, Will Levis, and Anthony Richardson. That's a tighter race than in my mind. Now I'm a Bryce Young guy. but That's a tighter race race in my mind than the than mo- than, the than most want to want to oh, admit. Yeah. I mean, when you start to about – I like C.J. Stroud. I think C.J. Stroud would have benefited play wise from going back and playing another year in college. Personally, I think Anthony Richardson I think Anthony would have, would have as well.
2: But when you feel like you may go top fifteen, you got to come out. Yeah,
3: yep yeah. Oh, you, they, yeah. You, you got to come make that money. No question about it. But but you when you when you look at those two guys, I I believe right now where we sit. I believe that people are probably a little bit lower on Anthony Richardson than his skill set will tell you that they're going to be, and I, I think people are probably more—they're higher on CJ Stroud's skill set than they probably should be. Then the, look, the national, champ, not the national championship game—that that was the—that uh, was the semifinal game, wasn't it? When he went off, or was it? Nat- oh yeah, it's it a semifinal against Georgia. Game. Yeah, there you go. So. Like that game is the last that helped that helped him tremendously. That's yeah, the last thing we've seen. Look, it, like, like, yeah, and it that, was his best game, right? Best game, and 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 it was a, like, I'm not gonna say there weren't flashes throughout the year because I didn't watch every snap of C.J. Stroud, but that was the only game that I watched, and I watched most of their games where it was like, wow, like that this dude's out there putting the squad on his back, right? And so you may watch that and go, well, he has that ability, yeah, but can he do it day in day out like some of these other guys can, right? So I, but the point is, is I think. I think when I for me when I take uh, uh, Bryce Young out of that the minutes, table yeah. then all of a sudden I think that that Anthony Richardson climbing the charts a little bit here and I don't know how high he climbs but they they they're a lot closer and a lot more real conversation and I think a lot of people want to want to uh acknowledge at this point in time and I think after they work them out assuming that the 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 maturity and the emotional mental mental uh concerns I have with Anthony Richardson if those things check out then shoot look out I mean, he's gonna climb big time.
2: Yeah, yeah, I, I hear you on, on that as well. All right, uh, hey, remember tomorrow, we'll have that here live on the drive, and we will be out on location tomorrow. We'll be out at NRG Stadium, live as D'Amico Ryan's will uh, officially be introduced as the new head coach. H Town, I'm back. That's right, of your Houston Texans tomorrow. Three fifty nine, three fifty nine is when the press conference will start. Uh, and it'll be right here on Sports Radio six ten on the drive. So stay tuned uh, for that. All right, Clint, let let the people know because there are people who are loving it. Hell yeah, Clint, I want to hear it. I love it. I love it. They can win nine games. <laughs> they can win nine games. All right, what what's your uh, what's the feel there? What's your reasoning? Well, think?
3: well, look, I think you and I talked about a, a, a lot yesterday and about this this and really over the last several weeks about this job and the appeal of this job. And and what uh, D'Amico Ryan's uh, you know is inheriting uh, as as a as an as a program. Look, I, I I think I think the last two years, although we've hated it, I, I do think some good has been done relative to getting back to winning ways. And while Demico Ryan's wasn't here, I think they I, I think I think Cully and 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 Lovey Smith, they took one on the chin. They took a two uh, a, what was it a four win season and a three win season on, on the chin. And and I I just I think it we're two years removed from Bill O'Brien and his his culture, and his guy, his poor contracts that he was handing out. We're two years removed from all of that. I, so I just think what D'Amico Rhines is inheriting is we talk a lot about the cap space that's back. We talk a lot about the draft picks that are back. And those things are important. But but I I think just as important, if not more important, is D'Amico Rines has taken over a locker room. It's a clean slate, man. There's no culture to overcome. There's no identity that you have to break and then recreate. There's no loyalty to a, a former regime, a former coach. There's none of that stuff. It is literally a clean slate, and that is a very, very powerful thing that D'Amico Rines is is taking over from that perspective. But, show where I get to nine wins, just based off what I just said, I, I see big-time improvement. Not to mention, D'Amico's a great coach. And like I said, the cap and the draft and all that. Like, I see big time room for improvement immediately. But then, I went and looked at the schedule. Mm. And I didn't realize that the Texans' schedule lacked playoff opponents the way that it does. Five of 17 games next year are versus playoff teams from 2022 you got and i'm gonna be honest with you three four of those five games are teams that i think i i'm gonna expect the texans to be able to compete with um jacksonville good football team moving in the right direction love doug peterson love, love trevor lawrence they were in the playoffs made it to the second round texans gonna, got them twice next year they're
2: gonna be something to handle
3: they're, 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 gonna, they're gonna be better and, and and they're gonna be a favorite but but I don't I don't look at that as as I don't I I will not I I don't think I'm going to look at the Jackson right now I'm definitely not I don't think I'm not down the road that the Jacksonville Jaguars game is something that the Texans can't win either one of them the the the, the, the there's not a division game that I'm going to look at and go mm, it's going to be up this going to be an uphill battle for the Texans I I, I think they're going to be a good enough football team to to go out there and 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 compete and put themselves in a position to win games versus Jacksonville. Hell, they were, they, were, they were good enough to do that the last couple of years with, with the extreme dysfunction. But they also got Tampa Bay, no Tom Brady. What are they going to do with the quarterback position? Fired their offensive coordinator. Had injuries across the board this year. Um, and they got the Baltimore Ravens, which Lamar Jackson obviously um, changes the dynamic of that ball game majorly, but we don't know what the hell is going to happen with Lamar Jackson uh, in, in Baltimore. The only game on this roster next year where I look at and I go, man, I don't know what in the hell the Houston Texans are going to do with this opponent, and it's the Cincinnati Bengals' first game out of the gate. The rest of them, I think there's games over the last two years against those opponents that will tell you that they weren't that far off the last two years. Um, I I, I think now those teams are going to get better as well, so there will always be a couple of those games that jump out, but – I just look at that schedule and I go, man, this thing is set up perfect for a rebuilding football team.
2: Tyler wanted me to let you know we just know the dates. Or we don't know the dates of the game. We just know the opponents. Oh, there's no dates on those? I yeah, think, that okay. I mean that's the, the order of it. But, yeah, those are just the opponents. Um, man, dog, you got me now.
3: Where, I got you to nine? No, nah, hell no. <laughs>
2: just wanted to see that look at you. All right, you let, me you let me hit
3: you with this Let me hit you with this one because you came back off this Let me hit you with this one. All right, the Lovey Smith fresh off, of, fresh off of trying to hire – what was it? What was his name? The old quarterback?
2: Oh, Josh, Josh McCown. Josh McCown. hmm
3: Davis Mills starting. Would you say they was going to win?
2: I said, I said five games. Five games.
3: So five. So I ain't stretching you too much. I'm stretching you four games on top of what listen. you predicted that that t- team last year was. Now they're coached better. Now they got more draft picks. Now they got more cap space. Huh? Come on. Am I getting
2: you there? No, no, you're not. I listen. Now I, they got
3: less dysfunction.
2: We yeah, we hope yeah. We hope so. Like oh, they
3: can't get no worse than. I mean, I, I would
2: think I would think it's I would think it's 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 better. Yeah, I'm I at just, nine. I'm at nine. Yeah, I listen.
3: I'm not a salesman. I'm so not. I'm not gonna.
2: Well, it's you're. It's tough to get me because they don't have a quarterback. They don't have yeah. a, like, they just don't fair, have like paces. Like I haven't, I don't know who the coach is. I mean, they're just interviewing the coordinators. Like I, I want to see that first. I I'm not saying it's impossible. Um, I don't think it's likely. I think it does take some time to implement what it is that you want to do. I think it does. Now, We talked about this. People don't want to hear this. You talked about Derek Carr. We talked about Jimmy G. If you start bringing people in that are veterans who have won in the league and know a system already offensively, you got a better shot, right? But there's like right now with the Texans, there's nobody on the schedule. There's nobody in the league in which you're like, all right, man, with our talent and everything we got and the decision makers that are going to bring the talent here, like we'll get them guys. Like I think they should be able to get the Colts. But, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say, yeah, I'll look down at the Colts. There's nobody. I mean, this this roster, it gotten better with some of the guys in the draft, but they still, like, their front seven is awful right now, awful. Their, uh, their secondary has some promise. Uh, I think that's maybe the best part of their defense. Their linebacking core, we just know about Christian. We don't know what else they're going to bring in. And, I mean, and he is still, uh, uh, you know, gaining growth. And this is just his second year. He got in the second half of the season, and then offensively they don't have a weapon. No one knows what's going to happen with Brandon Cooks. Even if Brandon Cooks plays, nobody knows how he's going to feel about things. They don't have a quarterback right now. Only Davis is there. Don't know who the coaching staff is. I'm not saying it's impossible. We'll see what they add. And I and yes, I I need Nick to prove to me to show me something before I gain belief in the thought of he is going to he is going to make good free agent moves he is going to crush it in the draft. like And those are things that's going to have to happen to get to help six wins, not, not even to get to seven, eight, or nine. So I, we'll see what moves they make, but that's a heck of a jump to make. Mo, like huge. Like it, it, we've seen some moves. Like Most teams don't make these jumps. Like Jacksonville made a big jump last year, but they had Trevor there in place, and they had some pieces there in place. Get into it. We don't know who the quarterback is, and I think that's that's a big deal. So I can't get there as much as some people may feel like I'm 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 negative or I'm whatever. I'm not getting there. I think think that's fair. I I I think I
3: think it's fair if you can't get there. I I just here's the thing. I I am also show. I'm sorry. What
1: happened, Tyler? Did you say that? I, I said it in your ear. Say it out loud. So we got, uh, we got another candidate here for offensive oh. coordinator of the Texans. This is just coming across from Ian Rappaport. The Texans have interviewed Patriots uh, tight ends coach Nick Cayley for their offensive coordinator job on D'Amico Ryan's staff. So we got another candidate. And he's a Patriots guy. I need, I need wait, to wait, find wait, out how wait, long wait. he's been there. Yeah. I need to find uh, out. How it, his I, path it, it, don't,
3: it don't even matter. We know what happened with the offensive coordinator position last year. So, so, so we, that's
2: a sign right there. That will be telling.
3: So, so here's the deal. I mean, this has got to be a favor. I mean, you you can't you can't tell me that Nick's going to bring a guy in here and and and, and D'Amico's going to bring a guy in here and interview them as an offensive coordinator when Bill Belichick in the own building said, "Nah, I'm I'm going to take an old defensive coordinator and put him." In charge of calling plays. And Joe Judge in charge of calling plays instead of this guy.
2: This is his sixth season with the Patriots. You could say that. There there is no way, no way that I would get behind this organization and think they're just doing this for a favor. (laughs) There is. God, I mean, I... But that's the first one. That's the first time we have heard some sort of connection of a coach that doesn't seem to fit D'Amico Ryan or who he would. This is a former... Former page, what's his Nick Russo? Is that his name? Kaylee Russo's Russo's
3: on oh, the bull down there. Nick
1: Kaylee. Nick Kaylee.
3: Nick Kaylee.
1: Yep, been tight ends coach for the Patriots for Thanks. six years. Good for Nick. Good for Nick getting Something that interview. I hope it's just a favor.
3: Hey, we need we do need a tight ends coach. We 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 will need a tight ends, ends coach. coach. Yes.
2: yes. Maybe another passing game coordinator. You,
3: yeah, you can call it an OC. We do need a tight end, coach.
2: All right, tomorrow, it's again, uh, D'Amico Ryan's press conference starts at 3.59. We'll be out there live on the drive. You'll hear it right here on Sports Radio 16. Coming up behind us, the best stuff today with Figgy and T-Mill. Uh, Clint, great job. Tyler, great job. I am Ron, the show Hughley. As always, Houston, we love you, baby. What's your thoughts on uh, hiring one of the hottest young coaches in D'Amico Ryan? You got to give him more than one year to get it done, all right? Can we do that? I think that will happen. <laughs> That's a record. <laughs> boy. I've never had anybody hang up on me wow. that
0: bad. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours.